2: Hello friends, Josh Norris here. Welcome back to the Roto-World Football Podcast, the most important podcast in the known universe. I want to thank our podcast producer Josh Norris for this episode and my dog Zap for sitting next to me eating a bone. So if that's what you hear, that is what you hear. I am back from my brother's wedding weekend. Ray Summerlin is here to join me and Ray I lost my wallet during the wedding weekend. Is there anything worse in life than losing your wallet that has, like, your credit cards and your driver's license in it and not being able to function without it?
1: I Well, I don't know because I've never lost my wallet because I'm a functioning adult. But
2: (laughs) – I was not that night. So, (laughs) like, 99% of the time I am just not that night. Fair
1: enough. No, that is a fair comment. I have – locked my keys in my car before in a away from home. And that was, that was not an exciting experience. So I can imagine, Oh, running out of gas. Uh, see,
2: I have never done that and I will never do that. Uh, I just will not allow it unless I'm like stuck in the middle of West Virginia and it's like 80 miles between gas stations. I doubt that will ever happen to me.
1: I was in, I was the only time I've ever done it. I was on back roads on the gulf coast between corpus christi texas and houston texas <laughs> and i was driving my wife's car and i just wasn't used to where her gas gauge was i suppose and i wasn't paying attention and ran smack out of gas Ooh. luckily a kindly old man with a with a white beard stopped by in a truck and took me into town and I got sounds like gas santa came claus and go, came
2: and gave you gas this santa is... claus
1: came and gave me gas what a riveting story to start <laughs> this really boring week on the waiver wire <laughs>
2: Well, yeah, it is kind of a boring week, right? And plenty of injuries, obviously, in the NFL this weekend, which I am obviously still catching up to. But, Ray, we should probably talk with a topic that, or start off with a topic that is grinding your gears. Uh, You want to go on this rant, and you already did with me, and I said, no, 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 no. no. Let me at least hit the record button. Your boy, Kyle Shanahan, decided to say to the media that he wants to ride the Quote unquote, hot hand at running back. Those are the worst words that anyone who plays fantasy football can ever hear.
1: It's the absolute worst, and I don't understand it. Like, I get that Carlos Hyde has been injured, and I think that that's playing a role in this. He certainly took a back seat, a, mo- a lot of a back seat to Matt Breida last week. He played two fewer snaps than Breida. Breida looked good. He had 49 yards on 10 carries against the Colts, so maybe there's something to this, but. Carlos Hyde early in the season was their offense. He was single handedly creating yards before he suffered this injury. And, you know, injuries have been a concern his whole career. I got that. But there is no doubt who the better player is here if both guys are healthy. So maybe this is more, maybe this is more a. A comment on Hyde's health at this point. Maybe they don't want him to carry as much as the load. Maybe that's what he's talking about. And to be fair, Hyde is still going to start and get the opportunity to you know make the first, the biggest plays. But this is you know, this is utterly ridiculous in my mind. It's yeah. it's
2: one of those that during the offseason, like we had this discussion, right? Yeah. We had this discussion because new regime, new decision makers at all points. Of the San Francisco 49ers Then they go out And like have this Cinderella story With Joe Williams How he's off the draft board Within the night before then they even trade up for him Blah, blah, blah So there's all this talk Of Joe Williams, Joe Williams And even some murmurs That Carlos Hyde might be On the chopping block Or the trade block Things like that But right, I'm exactly with you Like for the first four weeks Carlos Hyde Maybe not production wise But I thought he looked like One of the top 15 running backs In the NFL just just watching him week to week. I know the stats might not jump out you against the Panthers, but against a few other teams. But on the field, I thought he looked very, very good. And it doesn't make sense to me. Like this I mean, is this a situation where Ray that Matt Burita is this week's Aaron Jones that he's a speculative ad in the hopes that he sees an increased workload than what we are expecting or interpreting based on the quotes that we get from the decision makers?
1: Yeah, and I mean there's a there is a I don't think this is happening if Carlos Hyde is healthy, which suggests to me that maybe he's not. Uh, And he clearly isn't. He's dealing with a hip issue. But maybe that's worse than we think. So, yeah, he – I mean, at this point, as much as this situation puts me on tilt, he – you have to pick up Brita in every league. With the knowledge that we may never feel comfortable starting him because if Carlos Hyde doesn't sit out any games – then you're relying on him to actually be the hot hand, even though he's the second back through the rotation. Unless, you know, unless in two weeks he's suddenly the number one back. We'll see what happens. I think he has to be added in all leagues, but I still think that it's a long shot we ever feel comfortable putting him into a lineup. Do you put Marlon Mack ahead or
2: behind him on the order of waiver priorities this week?
1: I put him I put him behind. You know, it was an exciting game for Mack, and the Colts obviously need— that kind of explosion. But if you look at Mac on a carry to carry basis this year, he's kind of been, I think what, if you watched him in college, you would expect 18 of his 25 attempts so far this year have gone for three or fewer yards. Nine of those have been negative runs. You can't be that type of back and be the lead back. Like coach with Chuck Pagano came out and said, we need to get him more touches. So obviously they want to get him more work and they should get him more work if he's going to continue to be explosive but i just don't see him ever completely taking over from frank gore unless there's an injury which means that he's at best the second back in a bad offense especially until andrew luck gets back and i'm just not particularly excited about that i think he's a bench stash you know in 12 team leagues but i just this i think people are going to be way more excited about that performance than they probably should be
2: And what about Elijah McGuire, who a few weeks ago obviously had a great game when both running backs, the Jets, had a great game. I've been on record for a long time saying that Elijah McGuire, in my opinion, was one of the best – not one of the best backs in in draft class. There was a lot of draft class. But if one day three running back was going to emerge at some point later in the season, I think even someone asked me to to say who the next Jordan Howard was going to be. I'm not – again, not saying he's Jordan Howard. But I I think Elijah Maguire has enough talent to take advantage of the opportunities afforded to him. Will we see an even larger opportunity afforded to Elijah Maguire?
1: It seems like it. I mean, it doesn't look like Matt Forte is anywhere close to returning. He hasn't practiced in two weeks. Bilal Powell, it seems like he's likely to miss with his calf injury, which leaves Maguire. That's all it leaves. Uh, Manish Mehta of the New York Daily News, I believe New York Daily News still, said that he expects Elijah Maguire to have a quote-unquote heavy workload and that's in a great matchup with the Patriots. Um, and, you know, if you look at his skill set, even if they get down big against the Patriots, which I would argue, despite the records, is likely to happen, he's not going to be game, game scripted out of the out of the game because he, he can catch passes. So I think that everything points to Elijah Maguire if Bilal Powell and Matt Forte is out. Everything points to him being a spot starter this week. And I think that that makes him the number one ad. Now, if you're not going to use him in your lineup, maybe you look to the other guys. Maybe you look to Brita or Mac or maybe even Alex Collins if you're not going to you know, use Maguire in your lineup this week. But if you're looking for someone to put in your lineup this week, it's pretty clear that McGuire is the best option.
2: I just blacked out from those names that you mentioned. <laughs> uh, okay, before we get to some wide receiver names, uh, I'm just going to throw this at you and you are unprepared for this, but someone reached out to me on Twitter asking if we could talk about this topic. And since they play on Thursday... It's one that I need to discuss before, obviously, our Friday podcast. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. Ray, are you starting him with confidence in all formats? Or right now, is he just a PPR, potential half PPR, running back two moving forward, even though people, you know, draft him in, in round three or round four?
1: Yeah, I don't think that, you know, because where people were drafting him was nuts to begin with. So I don't think that that should come into play when you're thinking about who he is. But I think it's become pretty clear this year. Of all years, that even what we classify as PPR backs, namely you know Duke Johnson, Andre Ellington, names like that, are still valuable in standard formats, just because there there just aren't that many good running backs anymore. So I don't think that McCaffrey, with the workload he's getting, although you know that workload he got in Detroit was was concerning. Definitely. But I, if you look if you look at what he's been doing, the receptions that he's been getting, the yardage he's been getting off those finally got into the end zone. I think that he's still what he's been basically the whole year, which, you know, again, take out what people thought was going to happen for some reason for the year. Look at what he's been all year. He's still in that kind of top 30 running back range, even in standard leagues and a little bit better in PPR format. So I am, I'm not bailing on him uh, at all. And so I, I think that he's, I think he's basically what he's been, and if your expectations were too high for him, lower them, and then just kind of realize that's where he is. No, that's a good
2: point. That's a good point. And I I still think the biggest concern is not necessarily the touches, but it's the touchdowns and the opportunities to score those, because right now he just has one through five games. And I did tweet these out, but I I, I do want to mention them um, on this podcast. It's it's crazy, Ray. He only has 96 rushing yards, Christian McCaffrey, through five games. That's incredible. Uh, Just on pace, if we can do on pace through five games, for 307 rushing yards. And again, he is a running back. Uh, And then if we want to extrapolate his receiving totals to 16 games, 115 targets, 86 receptions. 86 receptions is great. Then you get to just 758 yards and, again, just three touchdowns. So the biggest concern, as Reeb said, I think as you said, Ray, as a lot of people said before this who had some pessimism towards – Obviously, McCaffrey and his, and his ADP at that time, the touchdowns opportunities are just not there. So where are the points coming from? All right. Just wanted to get in that to answer that person's question. Uh, let's go to Cooper Cup. Ray, why is Cooper Cup still available?
1: I, I don't know. And if we're talking about touchdown opportunity, I mean, yeah. Cup's on the opposite end of that. He has a red zone target in every game this season. He has three inside the 10. Jared Goff's only thrown six passes inside the 10, and three of those have gone to Cooper Cup. He should have had a touchdown again against the Seahawks that would have probably won the Rams the game. He wasn't able to hold on to it. But this is not surprising. I mean, we've seen Coach Sean McVay use slot receivers in the red zone, namely Jamison Crowder, last year. And Cup caught 73 touchdowns in college. 73. This is not a fluke, I think, that they fully expected to use him in the red zone. And that's what's happening. And I mean, it's not like Sammy Watkins is doing anything. Robert Woods' production has been a roller coaster. I think that the best fantasy wide receiver for the Rams is Cooper Cup. And I think that he should be owned in all leagues. And I'm confused why he's still out there in 53% of Yahoo Leagues.
2: Totally agree with you. Uh, Even though... And he should be owned, even though this five-game stretch for the Rams is still going to be very, very difficult.
1: But you look at but you look at the Seahawks last week. You look at the Jaguars this week. If you're yep. going to attack them through Slots. the air, you attack them with a slot receiver, yep. and that's that sets it actually kind of sets up, fine, maybe not great, but fine for him moving forward.
2: I like that, uh, John Brown. I'm guessing John Brown was drafted in mini leagues, then dropped in mini leagues because of the constant. Uh, injuries and ailments that he dealt with. We all love John Brown as a player, and I think he kind of finally showed why this season, this past weekend.
1: Yeah, and I think that the thing about Brown, why I actually had Jerron Brown as a higher priority add last week, simply because I was worried we were going to see with John again what we saw at the end of last year, where they limited his snaps in an effort to keep him healthy. If you go look at his snap totals and snap percentages, more importantly, like late last year, he just wasn't being used and wasn't getting the targets. And I was worried that's where we we're headed again. But then he went and played 80% of the snaps against the Eagles, saw seven targets for the second game in a row, scored a touchdown against Philadelphia, should have had a touchdown the week before. And it looks like they're willing to run him out there. And, and you just hope that he doesn't get hurt. Now health is always going to be a concern, but you're picking him up for free off the wire. So if he gets hurt, you you just cut him again. I don't think there's really any downside here. And I mean the Cardinals are going to probably throw the most passes in the league. They are going to be as pass heavy as any team in the league. They're going to be targets to go around even with, you know, Larry Fitzgerald getting his Andre Ellington, you know, getting 50 targets a game as he seems to get now. They're going to be targets to go around. Brown should be owned in every league and, you know, he's out there in 63% sorry, f- yes, yeah, 63%, that's the number. 63% of Yahoo leagues.
2: And let's go to Ricardo Lewis, who I guess is just getting the most uh, targets on the Browns. Even though this Browns passing offense, we don't even know who's throwing the football right now. Uh, by that, it most likely will be Kevin Hogan, uh, yeah. because you know, no, nothing is said. I mean, should, we're not excited about Ricardo Lewis, right? It's just he's getting targets.
1: Yeah, I kind of liked him a little bit. He's a fourth round pick last year. I thought he was, yeah. I thought he was thought fine. He can't and- catch, but. Well, he's been catching, you know, recently 17 targets and the last 17
2: targets is crazy.
1: It's crazy. He caught 10 of them. The Browns are third in the league with 197 attempts. There's going to be targets somewhere. And, you know, it is very convenient that a week after Kenny Britt has a terrible game, another terrible game, and Hugh Jackson says he would bench him if he could. He suddenly shows up on the injury report with an injury and is, you know, just conveniently held out. I think he might find himself on the injury report for several more weeks in a row, leaving Lewis as probably the number 1 receiver and you know if they're going to have to continue to throw this much which makes sense because of you know what their game script's going to look like week to week, then he's going to get a lot of targets and that's going to make him valuable especially in deeper leagues.
2: One of the biggest pieces of news of the weekend it's Odell Beckham season ending injury on injury reserve. The reason we don't we didn't start with this I guess is because there's no clear Backup that is exciting and talented enough to, I mean, obviously step into his role and earn the same number of targets and obviously do the same thing with it. It's not similar as a running back like we might see that because at wide receiver, it's much, much different. So, kind of sift through the madness here with the Giants wide receivers and should we be excited about any of them?
1: Well, Brandon Marshall and Sterling Shepard are two owned to be in the column. So that takes them out of the equation right from the get. Brandon Marshall looks like he's going to miss multiple weeks and just have been, hasn't been good this year. So he's not exciting. Sterling Shepard is. And if Sterling Shepard is still available in your leagues, I actually don't have his percentage right off the top of my head, but I think he's owned at about 65% of Yahoo leagues. So there, there are some leagues he's out there. They're talking about his injury as a day-to-day injury. So it is possible that he plays this week, even though that seems a little unlikely to me. It's possible he plays this week. He's somebody that you definitely should add if he's out there. But for the purposes of my column, yeah, we're talking about Roger Lewis, we're talking about Travis Rudolph, we're talking about Tavares King, the final two of which were picked up you know, off the street, off the practice squad in Rudolph's case on Monday. So it's just, there's not much there. Lewis is the best option. He was on the roster. He's shown a few things in his career. So he's, he's the best option there, but it's not exciting. And their schedule is certainly not exciting. They get the Broncos this week in Denver, then they host the Seahawks, and then they go on by. And by that point, you would expect that Sterling Shepard is definitely back and Brandon Marshall probably is as well. So there just, there isn't a lot of upside here. There's not a lot to get excited about. Maybe you take a shot on Roger Lewis and deeper leagues, but that's about it. And before we get
2: to raise deep cuts, uh, if you are enjoying this podcast at all, be sure to subscribe. And if you already subscribed, consider rating and reviewing. I'm talking to you, Gabriel and George and Gavin and Gregory and Garrett and Grant and Giovanni and Grayson. All of you, take a few seconds and leave us a review, please. All right, Ray. Deep cuts. Get right into it.
1: So it's you know it's an interesting week of deep cuts. A lot of them are actually pickups this week. For instance, Roger Lewis is owned in one percent. Ricardo Lewis is owned in one percent. You know there there are a lot of those guys. You know Brita and and Marlon Mack and guys like that. So I got I have to go a little deeper. We could start in the Philly backfield. Wendell Smallwood did not practice on Monday. Looks like he's probably going to miss Thursday's night, Thursday's night game. Uh, Corey Clement is not a special player at all, but they seem committed to this kind of three, this three-person committee. So it looks like Clement and Kenyon Barner are going to continue to get touches. Maybe that's worth something to you if you're in a deep enough league. At receiver, Kamar Aiken. He looks like he has jumped Dante Moncrief on the depth chart. He's playing more snaps. He started a couple times. That doesn't matter right now with Jacoby Brissett starting, but that'll be something interesting to watch if Andrew Luck ever gets back on the field, which I'm, if is now the word I have to use. It just yeah. keeps getting pushed further and further back. And then a favorite of mine, Demarcus Robinson, with Chris Connolly out for the season with a, just a horrific Achilles rupture that they showed for some reason, slow motion replay during that game, and it was just awful to watch. He's unfortunately out for the season. That opens up a spot there for Robinson, who I think is a pretty good player. We'll see what happens. His passing offense is certainly a lot better than it's been in the past. I doubt it can support three wide fantasy wide receivers, but you know we'll see what happens.
2: And we end it there. Again, we have another episode coming out on Thursday, another one on Friday, plus Roto World Live this Sunday, noon Eastern. Be sure to check it out. Keeps growing each week, getting better each week, especially this last weekend, because Lily Fast hosted instead of me. And obviously, Ray, it was our most watched episode ever. (laughs) 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 Why would it be? That's just how it works, right?
0: Uh
2: okay. For Raymond Summerlin you can check out his waiver wire column over at Rudderworld. I should have opened with that, but I didn't. But you already know. I am Josh Norris, and we will talk to you all soon. See ya.